This is Michelle from Today's Followers. This podcast is a place where people can learn who they are in Jesus Christ and their purpose in life. Each episode will help you walk on a path that leads to following Jesus Christ and to walk with other believers into a life full of joy, peace, love, and victory. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Welcome to another episode of Today's Followers with Michelle Ballard. Today I want to talk to you about who are you? Every person asks themselves this question. It is the challenge of childhood and a hunt of humanity to discover one's identity. Society shouts to each of us, attempting to convince us that we can create our own identity through the clothes that we wear, the cars we drive, the sexuality we embrace, the cause we support, our music, our tattoos, and our jobs. As a result, our identity can change with a new pair of clothes, a new accessory, or a new promotion at work. I hope this time that we have together today will introduce you to your identity in Christ so that we may achieve the goal of helping people understand and to live out a God-defined, Jesus-centered, and gospel-driven identity. Identity is a clearly defined definition of self. What defines identity is the qualities, beliefs, personality, looks, and or expressions that make a person or a group. For the Christian, identity formation is when a person seeks to understand who he or she is in a relationship to Jesus. Few people know what the Bible says regarding their identity in Christ and, as a result, substitute an identity from peers, society, achievements, and failures, or from family. When we do this, an identity crisis is bound to result. Let's take a look into the book of Daniel, which provides a case study regarding the enemy's identity-forming tactics. Daniel was a young Israelite taken captive by King Nebuchadnezzar and transported from Israel to Babylon. The king used three methods to attempt to transform Daniel from a God-fearer to a Babylonian. King Nebuchadnezzar targeted Daniel's beliefs, desires, and identity. Let's take a look first at beliefs. Daniel and his companions were taught the literature, language, and culture of Babylon for three years before entering the king's service. In other words, every possible effort was made to make them forget the God of their people and to embrace Babylonian pagan culture. What we think matters. Education shapes. It forms. Society has changed its views on marriage, religion, and sexuality because the literature and media of our culture has shaped their thinking. Now, the second thing was desire. King Nebuchadnezzar let his highly valued captives eat the best food available from the king's table, which was the second tactic to transform them into Babylonians. 
According to the book of Daniel, the king provided food that the Israelites were prohibited from eating. Our culture provides sexually appealing temptations to people and encourages them to explore, enjoy, and embrace whatever they desire. Now, the third thing was identity. Part of the Babylonian strategy was to change the names of Daniel and his friends. King Nebuchadnezzar changed Daniel's Hebrew name, which meant God is my judge, to a Babylonian name that meant Bel has protected the king. The obvious parallel in our time is homosexuality and the transgenders, where people are encouraged to embrace a new gender identity and even change their name. Just like in the time of Daniel, people are encouraged to take on a false identity. Many Israelites were assimilated to the Babylonian culture as they embraced the Babylonian teachings, ate the king's food, and accepted their new identity. Only a small number, like Daniel, were able to remain faithful to God. Daniel rejected the culture-shaping influences and did not waver in his faith. Daniel's example is applicable for today, as people face the same tactics that seek to shape their identity. Thousands of years later, the enemy is using the same methods and targeting what people think, their appetites, and identity. The Christian is to live with a God-defined, Jesus-centered, gospel-driven identity. Any other source and any other identity is a false identity and will lead to a faulty way of living. Our ability to navigate all the messages of the world is tied to our understanding of who Christ is and who we are as a result. Only as we understand our life in God's larger story of redemption will we begin to live God-honoring lives as imitators of Jesus Christ. Your personal identity, how you see yourself, is, is often shaped by your early experiences in life. Maybe you had a great childhood and have always had a relatively healthy self-image. Then again, maybe your parents, grandparents, or other family members said and did things that made you doubt your worth. If you're in the second group, then I can relate. There were different times within my childhood and teenage years that I was abused by different people. And because of those events in my life, I carried those emotional wounds into adulthood until God was able to start healing those wounds that were inside of me. Growing up, I had a very messed up self-image. Like many of you, I desperately needed to believe that I was who God said I was and that I was created and loved by God. The first few years after I became a Christian, I loved Jesus, and I believed that my sins were forgiven and that I would go to heaven when I died. But honestly, I had very little peace, joy, and victory in my everyday life. Here's what my life actually looked like. 
I felt condemned all the time, and I felt like I could not do things well enough to be pleasing to God. I struggled with having my worth and value wrapped up in my accomplishments and by trying to please other people. Sometimes we feel bad about ourselves and don't realize those feelings are usually induced by shame because of something we did or didn't do. The problem is, when that happens, we see a distorted view of ourselves and of God through a lens of shame. Or worse, we think God views us through that same lens. Then we decide for Him we are worth rejecting, and that's a lie. I had a performance mentality, meaning I lived my life attempting to please God through self-effort and striving, which meant I believed that I didn't have God's approval and love unless I was doing whatever I thought He wanted from me. I was making the tragic mistake of trying to find my identity in things and people rather than looking to Christ alone. I was desperately trying to understand and to believe what the Bible was saying about me in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 19. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. During my early years in my Christian life, a close friend of mine told me of a Bible verse that I needed to grab onto, and it was Psalms 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. I have remembered this Bible verse many times throughout my life when I feel myself falling back into those bad thought patterns and habits. Sometimes it's hard to tell If what we are struggling with is performance mentality, if you answer yes to any of these questions, you might be. Do you feel that no matter what you do, you're not good enough? Are you exhausted trying to be? Do you find your worth or value in success and accomplishment? Do you believe God's feelings change about you when you are not doing something for Him? Do you say yes because you feel obligated to? Maybe you've answered yes to one or all of these questions. Maybe you're seeing yourself in in these lines and saying, I want to be free from this. You can be. You can be free from a performance mentality. I cannot say that there's an easy answer, a formula, or a three-step program, but I can say if you seek to know and encounter God's love, learn who He says you are through His Word, and spend time with Him, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The more you know God, the more you know yourself. Because he's the one who made you in his image, just like it states in Genesis 127. 
So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God is the best teacher. Having your identity shaped by Christ is a process, and God is committed to this process. He is committed to you. He wants you to know who you are more than anyone. But God has given us something to do. Make Him known. It's why we are here on earth. He wants others to know Him too. We all have an assignment from God. Let's make our goal be to stand before Father God at the end of our life and to say, just like Jesus said, I finished the work you gave me to do. But as we work, let's always remember these things. Work from a place of being loved rather than working for love. Work from a place of acceptance rather than working for acceptance. Work from a place of approval rather than working for approval. Work from a place of identity, knowing the name God calls you rather than working to make a name for yourself. Ultimately, work from a place of identity, knowing who God says you are. A word of encouragement from God. I picked you up and I've never let you go. You are mine forever. You think if I look closely enough that I will change my mind, let you go and forget about you? You think if you don't perform for me, I will choose somebody else? I have chosen you forever. I am never letting you go. Even if you never ever do for me, I will never let you go.